0: And Mr. Dennett told me that it's my time now. Oh, really? That Shake and Bake is dead. And we just came up with a new nickname. Oh, that (laughs) is. It's so good. We got a new nickname. The Magic Man. Now you see me. Now you don't. don't. That was the stupidest nickname I've ever heard. Is it, Ricky? Because I think you wish you thought of it. All right, you got me. That's an awesome nickname.
1: everybody welcome back to another week of muskies on tap i'm your host gus manty and we got two of the other hosts on here tonight of the muskies on tap crew i'll just introduce them right away we got brian eckel max manty joining us here tonight and we're going to be bringing to you the interview with jeff lang of the muskie metrics app who wrote the Muskie Metrics book and all the programming behind the
2: app. So uh, first off, how are you you boys doing tonight? I am doing great tonight. Uh, Excited to be back talking again this week. Had a great weekend down in Milwaukee, visiting some friends from college and getting after the bar scene down there in that beautiful, windy city. Um, But yeah, excited to get into this weekend. We're starting fantasy football playoffs uh max sounds like you might have found yourself in, a, in the playoffs in our league one of the other members on tonight i'm not so sure if they did this year gus what happened there well i'm in two leagues and uh i, I did just so
1: happen to make the playoffs in one well thank you okay, very much 50, but 50. um i All did i did uh not oh hey that's not that's not cool man and uh <laughs> i did i did not make the playoffs in another um so 50 50 is not bad i'll take it That's that's about all I
3: I got on that. Yeah, but not only did you not make the playoffs in our league, you took. I don't know if I don't know if anybody. Spending a little bit too much time out on the water. Too (laughs) much time. Come on, this is a
1: this is a musky podcast here, at least fishing. uh, So you know.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, you'll be singing the national anthem a cappella. Next year at the uh, fantasy draft weekend. Oh
1: yeah, sure. When I lose, we gotta uh, I gotta go acapella. while everybody else was sing with them. Well, we uh, gotta we gotta
2: post you on the mop page, of course.
3: Oh, we yeah. Tune oh, in wow. next Labor Day weekend, 2024. Uh, but yeah, Gus, I'm doing well. Tonight. I'll be monitoring just that. Off, just got off a <laughs> uh, good hour and twenty minute pickleball sesh with my buddies. Feeling a little sore, but rejuvenated. Ready to go tonight here. Um uh, great interview with jeff lang uh learned a lot uh, a lot of informative uh a lot of informative musky chatter yeah just very interesting guy uh knows a ton about musky fishing and all that goes on behind it um so yeah hope you guys enjoy that one brian hopefully i'll be seeing you in our fantasy playoffs good to hear that you had a good time in milwaukee as you referred to at the windy city um not sure if other people from city. chicago would have would agree with that but uh you're close you know it's windy as hell down there this weekend <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well as you guys all hear in our interview you know a lot of weather talk uh and as it pertains to musky fishing so gus why don't you fire up hold that on hold for... on before oh,
2: we get sorry. in there one other one other thing to touch on here how are we feeling with the packers what happened there
3: oh well you know a typical trap game um mm.
1: Went off a three I win really streak.
3: Have, yeah, I don't have much to say on it. I still got faith in the in the boys. Um, I know I came in a little bit hot last week. I was feeling so <laughs> <Just laughs> <good no> touched. <laughs> since simmer down, what was going on? <laughs> uh, still still confident. In my guys, we were missing a lot of top end talent last night. You know, tough to travel on the road against a uh, the local kid Tommy DeVito. So yeah. you know, it that is what it is. is. Yep, it that was we got a lot of a lot of external forces <laughs> against us but no no excuse no excuses that's a game you got to win if you want to be a playoff team yeah that's when you got to win but the good news is, is we're not out of not out of the race quite yet which is uh which i think right now at this point in the season is fun playing some meaningful games so gus why don't you fire up this interview that actually talks about some musky fishing and we'll see you guys on the other end of it can do
1: all right guys we have on the line Jeff Lang with us here the one of the creators of the muskie Hunter TV app Jeff how are you doing tonight
0: doing awesome guys thanks for having me on
1: yeah of course it's a pleasure to have you on I'm I'm really pumped here tonight to talk about the app that uh that app was a freaking game changer this year and I know I did use it last year before you know I knew you but man this year it was it was big especially getting more into the guiding things and taking more people out fishing more as it became a pretty important thing day-to-day basis so uh maybe before we get into that maybe do a little background a little history on you like the the musky fishing that you've done or what you brought into the to the musky game
0: yeah uh yeah unlike you guys i mean i've been musky fishing longer than you've been on the earth um (laughs) and uh It's funny as a lot of people kind of got into muskie fishing by accident. They'd started other things and fished for bass or whatever. But, you know, for us and for our family, it was pretty intentional. We, um, you know, I was born and raised early years in Appleton. Right. So, uh, and then, yeah. And then um, (laughs) my dad was selling tires wholesale and one of his customers was up in Manaqua, Wisconsin. So, or Woodruff, so Vilas County every other week he would take my brother or I with him for that run. And, uh, he had a friend that had a boat stashed and we had this huge service truck and we'd go hook this little 14 foot boat on, and this would have been 1976. And, um, we'd go out on Monaco Lake and we'd fish Stacks Bay and what's now the beacons. And there was a big girl that lived in the the second, you know, the second, uh, (laughs) um, I think she's still there. I uh, don't think so. Um <laughs> he but, you know, old in there and she'd come out and look at you and scare you. Um, and so that you know turned into an opportunity for him to buy into that business that he was selling tires to. So we up and moved there, right? So I would have been 12 and uh that would have been 1977, and I don't think I don't think we were moved in. Uh, to the house, and my brother and I found a musky bait. Still have it laying on the shore. It was a Cisco Kid Topper, and we went out and we started musky fishing like crazy. Back then, it was fiberglass rods, really cruddy reels. Um, the rods were five and a half feet long, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and you know, I I um, we had a we had a weekend outing, and everybody we knew we would invite up for What did you guys call it? The bender. Ours wasn't that good. I think we intersected at the moments of too much beer like you do. did Maybe (laughs) not saying, but we had a weekend and we were getting skunked out and um, was on a small lake there in uh, St. Germain in that area. And I got a, and back then we kept them. So that was before muskies Inc before Mm -hmm. anybody knew that they were, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of very few and far between and legal size was 30 inches. I caught a 29 and a half incher and I had to throw it back. And I'm not kidding you. I cried. I was like crying. My dad's like, dude, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I want to just say like a, a week later or two weeks later, the lake, the little lake that we lived on, we didn't have a trolling motor. So whenever we had a guest, um, and this time it was a guy from St. Pius. He was the the priest there. He was up and, uh, it was my turn to roll. So I was rowing the boat and my brother and him were casting and my brother started shouting, look it, look at look at look it. And I looked over and there's this big girl swimming, chasing his bait. So I of course put the oars away, uh picked up my rod, which was a bass rod with a Bagley's bangle on it, <laughs> got a backlash, ripped the backlash out, cranked it three times, and that fish T-boned it. And so my first legal was a 47 and a half incher. Oh, so, oh my goodness. So so I was kind of kind of bit forever then. I mean, I was literally, I remember when I was in high school, we did a a thing, and it was Joe Booker, Tony Rizzo, and I and Russ Smith all three on stage um talking about musky fishing. I mean, we we were in it. Like I would run into Booker at the boat landings and stuff like that. So so for us, it's always been a thing. We've been chasing these fish for years. I I I wish I would have kept better uh notes. Um, mm-hmm. but it I mean, and and Gus knows this. I got a I got a comment or an opinion on pretty much every lake in Violet's County. Uh, you sure do not almost all of them. I always ask, the ask new you before I came.
1: Came. Oh, Really, I gotta take you out there then, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. haven't been there yet.
0: Yeah, I guess. so I I, don't know. <laughs> I think that's been my story. You know, my personal best is a legit because you know I ain't lying because it was 48 and three, or I'm sorry, 49 and three quarters. You were I definitely got, not lying. I, I got a 49 and a half and a 49 and three quarters. So yeah.
3: That's definitely a bar 50 and, a, and an honest 49 and three quarters. I, um, well, this is fat. I mean, that's a great backstory. It's fascinating fascinated me because I think something that I've, um, been really curious about especially now kind of you know fishing a, a good portion of the bios in oneida county areas um speaking with guys like yourself that you know kind of grew up in it and, and fish quote unquote back in the day sorry to say that or use that phrase but
0: dude i wear it like a badge of honor
3: <laughs> yeah i mean as well you should i mean you guys were pioneers back then i mean this is before all the technology that the dumb stuff we're using these days and you guys were going out there and figuring it out. So I guess question would be, you know, now that you've, I'm sure you're still getting up to the area a little bit and fish here and there, but what, what have you seen as like a major difference from, you know, back when you were roll trolling, yeah. I mean, outside of the fact you guys were keeping these things yeah. and, and roll trolling all that stuff, you know, what, what's the biggest change you've seen in the violence in Arnita County area fishing wise?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I do get up there a lot. Uh, I, had a place in like, I got a place in like the Flambeau. I probably oh, spend, that's right. I probably spend a hundred days a year in the boat. Um, okay, not all day. I I ain't like Gus. I in couple hours maybe in the morning, in the afternoon. Not <laughs> um, yeah, many of us are. But um, yeah. So I think a couple things. Um, we didn't realize back then, you know, the you know embarrassment of riches that we had. Right, the fish were not they're not in tune to things going on. Right. They didn't get it like they do now. So the fish were not, you know, aware that they were being pursued and I'm not saying they're smart, but they're just, they're just more skittish. I think now than they they were back then. Sure. Um, I think, you know, the gear that we had back then, I mean, w- we thought we were, you know, doing well because we had 30 pound mono and <laughs> You know, we didn't want to throw that big, heavy Dacron, you know, so we were throwing 30-pound mono and cruddy rods. Um, A big lure for us was called a, a marathon, a marathon bucktail, which today is the equivalent of, like, a number eight with a single blade. Oh,
1: um, my goodness.
0: We threw a lot of small stuff. We One of our fi- go-to baits was a um, baby suic, right? So mm-hmm. we had baby suiks back then you were kind of a dork if you threw top water like nobody threw top water um so it was you know and and you know when i but i, I my first paycheck i worked at a hardy's and the very first paycheck i got went to tony rizzo and i gave my dad a guide day because my dad kind of thought he was you know tony was something so mm-hmm. got got um guy day the soonest day he could take me because i that was when his father's day it's june right so right. I, I called him in may and he said the soonest day he could take us out was halloween and uh we went out in a small boat tony had a a huffy e not an e magnum um so it was a 14 footer um hmm. and you know we were out there and a big bait like like the biggest bait in the box was a Creek chub pikey you know one of those Mm -hmm. so i mean it was it was very very different the fish were not as aware of what was going on um there were more of them i eh, i don't believe that actually i think there's just as many now but uh they were a little more (laughs) What
3: what what was it like fishing with tony rizzo did he do anything that kind of made you think like oh i should be thinking about things differently was there anything out of the box that he pulled out on you that day that that kind of made you turn your head
0: so I'll tell you something about Tony Rizzo like I fished with him one day yeah, and I was 16 years old and I'll I'll send Gus the picture someday of that one but at the end of the day we so we, he had asked us he's like what do you want to do and and we didn't want to go for numbers we were looking for a big fish sure. um, I think in our family at that time because I had I hadn't caught my fish yet. At that time, the biggest fish we had was like a 40 incher. And so we were looking for a big one. So he took us to big, you know, deep Cisco water. Um, mm-hmm. and we were throwing, and so that was different for us because we were out in the open. So we were out, you know, on Halloween out over 35 feet of water. And he's like, We're not gonna see fish. And then fished all day, nothing, drifted up on he was a great guy drifted up onto the edge of the weeds my he said well i'm gonna pull the sucker and you guys you guys can just throw one more cast my dad turned around instead of throwing out into the deeps he turned out and launched one up into the weeds and 46 and a half um tony was so excited i'm not telling i'm like he was like a kid um he was like super uh jumping up and down high-fiving
3: oh that's Um, cool yeah
0: and we and of course again we kept those right right that mm-hmm. that had to be you know I, i'm not sure when that was but you know we kept that fish and he never ever forgot me and i was about 30 years later 25 years later he was the guest speaker down here in appleton at our Muskie club and i walked up to him and he goes jeff lang <laughs> and he, you know and that's really and cool. Tony, I I quote him in my book. So I wrote a book on musky metrics. I quote him in there. Can he will say the moon is stupid? Nothing matters but the weather. He would say that to everybody. Mm-hmm. I dis- wow. respectfully disagree, Tony. Right. Uh, yeah. but, As but well, we'll it was get just, into. It was a great <laughs> experience.
3: Oh man, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I I've really only heard myths and like kind of legend stories. I've actually never talked with anybody who's fished for them, so.
0: That's oh, yeah, kind of cool to hear. Um, he was he was awesome, and the other thing is his muskies look so huge because he was like five foot seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, sweet. So you
3: you you brought up this book that you wrote. Um, yeah. I think we got to get into you know some of the really cool things you've created here in this industry. So <laughs> you want to start with the book? Um, sure. You know, just kind of give us the background. I'm. Is it a yeah. chicken and egg thing? Do they run in parallel? Did the book become come before the app? App came. Uh, the so book? the
0: the the best part about the the whole concept came um, because I mean this thing started. I gotta I gotta put something out there that your listeners will be able to connect to. Like this thing started when Brian was sleeping, and you know probably. Gosh, gosh, but baby, denims <laughs> still in the cradle. He didn't own any jeans then. <laughs> uh, so, um, but 2007. So I had gotten into you know this idea that we had created an online fishing game, and it what it was, was was a map of like we I think we had about 15 lakes. You pick a lake, and then it would hide muskies on the structure. And then you would move your little boat around and cast. And if you got near a muskie, it would show the fish and then disappear. Um, and part of the game was the more fish you caught in the least amount of time and the bigger the fish, then you'd get more points. And uh, this turned out to be something that was pretty cool. And and I didn't know Jim Sarek at this time. So I called him up out of the blue. And I just said, hey, I invented this thing um, it's an online game. Do you want to do it? Right, and he never got back to me. But back in those days, we still had answering machines because, like, we didn't have cell phones yet. They weren't that that prevalent. And I came home one time, and uh, my wife Maran said, "Listen to the, listen to the the me- message." And it was Jim, and he said, "Like, I want to hear about this thing." So what happened was, it turned out, and um, we launched this thing. It was called muskyhuntergame.com and people could go and try to compete against each other. We had oh. contests and everything else. Well, it turned out it was too easy. To, once if you put your time in, you could figure it out. You could game it. Um and so I had to come up with a way to make the game different every time and I being inherently lazy programmer, I decided that what I would do is instead of programming like when the moon was up because it told you all that stuff, instead of instead of programming all that I decided to hook the game up to the National Weather Service and just randomly pick a day. <laughs> and then and then I just kept tweaking it and tweaking it and the game got harder and harder based on how accurately it it put in the actual day, like the the um the clouds, the humidity, the not the humidity, sorry, the pressure, all that kind of stuff, rain. And so what happened was it was a game and then the iPhone came out because before that it was just flip phones. And when the iPhone came out, I was like, well, we could put this real time for legit on the phone. Jim was like, don't tell anybody this. <laughs> 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 He's like, we gotta figure this out. And so we did. And uh, and so the the idea that we could mathematically figure out all these different weights of influence buckets. And so sometimes pressure was the most important thing. And sometimes the moon was the most important thing. Sometimes the moon was super important and you had a major, but you also had like humidity and a front, you know, and in those cases, the moon is almost who cares, you know? And it was like, it, it turned out to be pretty obvious that there was a legit pattern in this. And, and so we did it theoretically. Like I would like, program stuff. And he would, you know, essentially test it in his head. Like if this, 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 and this happened tell me, is it really good or just kind of good or whatever. And then we just, then we put it out in the app. And then, so it, it, uh, it started off as just kind of a game, literally. And then it turned into something. We launched it. The first version was not very good. So phone apps in 2010 were really hard to program. And, you know, moving the data and keeping it connected back and forth to the weather system was hard. Mm -hmm. And so kind of dud it out. And then we redid it, launched it again in like 2018, and then really dialed it in. And that's when it went from like a few hundred people to thousands of people.
3: You said, uh, what would you say? 15,000 before we hop, before we started recording here, you said 15,000 people are downloaded the app right now.
0: Yeah, so close to 15, probably just under in that sense, I want to say like 2018. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of comes in waves. Naturally, it comes when guys are together. because they right. probably tell each other. But also the big ones happen this time of the year holiday when people are together and they're showing each other. Um, and I cannot count the number of people who have caught their personal best right when the app told them to.
3: Just, Gus, you got anything me. to say about that? <laughs> I'd have to
1: say it got me dialed in. That one caught right on the green spike of a of a pretty average day. I mean, especially just didn't. average. Looking at the sky, I mean, it was bright and sunny the whole day in November, and and then it cooled off. Clouds kind of rolled through. Sunset. There wasn't. There was a moon midday. Didn't get anything during that. There was a moon hour and a half, two hours after dark. Obviously, didn't stay for that. It was well below yeah. freezing. But yeah, there was. It was the sunset bite. That's when the app had the biggest spike in the day too.
0: And my yep. 49 and three quarters came right when it said it would also a late fall fish, cold water. Tails. I
1: feel like late fall is pretty important there too with, with the yeah. peaks because they don't eat as much as we've kind of talked about here in the podcast, a bunch and everybody just firsthand fishing in the fall compared to the
3: summer. Yeah. yeah. So you, you guys are talking about these spikes though. I mean, yeah. I, unfortunately we're, you know, this is a podcast, so there's no visual, you know, obviously for people that are listening to this to see, but Gus, you mentioned like a green spike, uh, Jeff and Gus, you guys kind of yeah. want to just like talk about what that actually means, like what the yeah. app looks like, how it works. Um, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah, it'd be great.
0: Yeah. So, um, what it does is, you know, first of all, it's localized and just so everybody knows you can run it in stealth mode. You do not have to have location services on. You can um, just put in the lakes that that you want to follow, right? So it doesn't care where your phone is. If you're following the Eagle River chain, you can be in Hawaii, and it's going to tell you what's going on on the Eagle River chain. So, and then what it does is it connects to over 850 different weather reporting stations for live feeds, and it and it pulls. The lo- it pulls your locations data for the next 24 hours, and it refreshes every 15 minutes. And I've... so then, what it does mm-hmm. is it calculates right now what your score is. Right? It's the it's the is it really good? So like it's zero to ninety three or zero to ninety is is perfect. But there's accelerators in there. The highest score I've ever seen is a ninety nine. Um, oh sure. And when. Yeah. And when everything's together, it jumps up into the green. And so there's three equal bands. Zero to 30 is red. That's bad. 30 to 60 is yellow. That's kind of middle. And anything above 60 is green. So a high yellow is good, right? And so that's what um, Gus is talking about, is anytime you flip the app open, it tells you what the score is for that moment. But you can also look ahead for 24 hours and you can look back for 24 hours.
1: Yeah. The looking yeah. ahead in the back actually is really important. I'd say the history is just as important as, as uh, what's coming ahead. Cause you kind of look back on the day once it's fully, fully refreshed. And like I was saying, when you're saying that that's taken into account the weather constantly, you know, 15 minute refresh, I've personally been on the water looking at the app with storms coming in and I watch green or spikes spikes into yellow if it's in the red like move forward or back with the weather rolling in so it definitely tells you you know firsthand
0: yeah i i don't know if we've talked about it or not gus but that looking back is like super important and the reason for that is what what we found was that the patterns of what those dots because we connect them together with a line what that looks like so if you look at the score for now for the next hour for the next hour for the next hour if you look at it it will create what we call a constellation just like star constellations and so they they, they have different shapes and yeah. and those shapes require you to understand before too not just from now into the future and so perfect example is and so the, the shapes actually have names So there's five different shapes, five different constellations. One of them is called tight windows. That's the one that made the moon famous. Everything's pretty much normal. Moon event happens, it jumps up and comes right back down, right? Mm -hmm. Goes Mm -hmm. along, moon event happens, it jumps up, comes right down. So you get four tight windows a, a day. I will tell you that I studied John Elton Knight, who came up with the solar tables and majors and minors. And this app is not the same. Um, if him, if he was still alive, we'd have a a disagreement and, uh, I kind of did it by accident, (laughs) but (laughs) it's so accurate. I, I'm not touching it. Um, but so the tight windows pattern, everybody would know you're kind of in the middle. You get a spike, make sure you're on your good fish at the spike. There's another pattern called trouble brewing. That means you've been running pretty good or pretty normal. But then Mm -hmm. if you look out a couple hours, the world gets pretty bad. And Mm -hmm. so trouble brewing is like, you better, you better get to the fish that, you know, are active because in a couple hours they are going to sleep, Mm -hmm. um, dream days, everybody loves dream days. So you're running high in the yellow zone with a bunch of spikes or kind of climbs and back down into greens. So you could be just like right underneath green with, you know, just moon events or whatever. Those are called dream days. The best one we ever had was three boats, six guys on a lake in Canada. We had 65 follows and six six fish in the boat that day. And one guy got three of them. One of them was a 49 and a half, his BB right on the spike. Um, (laughs) Then the front went through and the next day is what we call the brutal reality. Um, (laughs) Everything's in the red, right? You're coming out of something good but you're living in the red, everything's down below 30. Um, Because these things, they have accelerants, but they have depressors too. So bad things can happen, like high pressure is a depressor and it pushes your score back down. And when you're in the red, I have never had anyone tell me that they caught a fish in the red.
3: <laughs> well, uh, believe it or not, we got a member of the podcast here who actually prefers days in the red and the yellow because he likes a challenge. <laughs> and that's uh that's brian is what he likes to say he actually prefers when the fish are are in a bad mood because he needs he needs the challenge otherwise it's just negative too to neutral. For him. negative <laughs> to neutral um so i i don't know if we can either confirm nor deny that he's ever caught a fish in the red even though yeah. he likes likes it uh brian i don't know if you got anything on that but
2: <laughs> um no i just whenever there's a day where i'm the only one in the boat to catch one i'll just say okay, yeah they're just too negative to neutral today like you know, I had to move on
0: myself, but <laughs> definitely got a shirt for fishing. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him a shirt that says, I love brutal reality.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a perfect shirt for him. <laughs> um, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Gus, you can elaborate, but I, I know that we we definitely use the app um, a lot during tournaments, it really helped out, and I'm sure it should, did as well for you, Gus, with your guiding stuff and even just on days of, of fun fishing, you know. Um, not that it would like predetermine on how we were going to fish or anything, but it it was a very useful tool to just kind of look down and get some good reassurance at times. Like they should be biting. Let's get to some areas where we know there's some fish. Yeah, I definitely agree there. There's, you know, some,
1: some half day trips I had where I I reached out to the clients and asked if they had the full day open and if they did, and I did as well, it was, it was pretty much hundred percent. I was looking at the app, looking at the best time if it was. The five-hour period in the morning, midday, or afternoon, and uh, that was definitely dictating when I was going somewhere with the app. And whenever there was like the major, you know, a, a good p- portion of the app going plus a major was definitely like the best five-hour window that I could find per day. And uh, so, Jeff, with the with the app then and all these scores. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe before going into potentially some of the other factors, and if you want to elaborate on some of the factors that go into it, what is, like, how do you have moon affecting in there? Or maybe a better question to go off of is, like, when is moon, when do you find moon being, like, the number one factor in a day? Like, what are those yeah. weather patterns happening? Because I know weather definitely trumps moon in pretty much all cases. Like, when is the moon having serious effect?
0: So I I would... I would say weather trumps moon, except for when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll give you a perfect example. So that the, the day after that dream day was a brutal reality day. And so we actually caught fish that day. And on that day, all of the other factors were negative. Like they were really pushing things down. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, super high pressure north um it was a breeze not a wind but a north wind so i had decided to go deep on a fish that i knew was there thrown a pounder unbeknownst to me my friend john was somewhere else in the lake and he went deep no follows that day zero and both of us on the moon event got a fish hmm. so so the weather was trump and the moon except on that day when the weather was so god awful bad the only thing that mattered and we caught those two fish within uh, 15 minutes of each other and both of them within a half hour, of the overhead, the moon overhead um, event. And so, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, the, the weather can be a huge factor, but it really does come down to a collection of factors and they, you know, it, it's a, it's a pyramid and so some things change fast. And some things in the pyramid change slow. So just, you know, it's, it's podcast, so there's no visuals. But in vision, the bottom of the pyramid is wide and the top is really narrow. The top is, you know, the 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 speed at which things change. That's the maximum. They're up at the top of the pyramid. The bottom of the pyramid is things like, um, you know, researchable and lo- logical kind of things. Like what kind of lake are you on? Are you on a Cisco Lake? Or are you on a... You know a shallow stained lake are you on a, a reservoir down south are you on a canadian big i call them minnesota bigs canadian bigs it's like your Vermillions. so it does at the most fundamental layer also take into consideration the water type what kind of lake are you on right because mm-hmm. it has it understands seasonality so it understands spawning it understands some <clears throat> peak it understands you know the the fall kind of feed bag on some lakes but not all lakes so those are the ecological and kind of environmental things. Right above that, you start to get into seasonal changes. And that is also includes your moon, your moon pattern, right? So the phases of the moon are seasonal. Like they come and change every, I forget how many days. It's like 28 days or every 27 days. And so almost monthly. So that's the phase of the moon. And then you start to creep up into kind of other monthly things that are going on. And then you get into the daily events, which are sunrise, sunset, moonrise, moonset, moon overhead, moon underfoot. Um, I also consider sun overhead, sun underfoot. And then you get into the real-time things that change. And those come from the weather, right? So that barometric pressure, uh, cloud, winds, wind change, directional change, speed change, cloud bursts, pretty much it can take all those things in there's over 350,000 different combinations that it could find
3: And have you found because this is the question I'm very curious about have you found uh, you know certain moon patterns to be more favorable with the app than others like for example, you know is full moon like a very classic I think question that a lot of people have is you know it, a lot of it's normally asked do you prefer but I guess now that we got a, a expert here it's my question would be you know have you seen data that's better? Full moon, new moon, quarter moon, half moon, underfoot, overhead. I mean, yeah. are there are there certain moon phases that just triumph other ones?
0: So all I can do is tell you the experience <laughs> we have, um, mm-hmm. which is an opinion. Okay. So I can just tell you that I score new and full the same. Okay. Right now, the app knows where you are so it knows exactly when the event happens so it knows to the minute when it's overhead when it's underfoot and all that so if you think about full moon coinciding with the sunset right so depending on where you are in that day or the day before or the day after you're going to have a moonrise a little bit before or a little bit after sunset same mm-hmm. goes the one that's even harder to track is new moons so for me personally, I prefer the new moon, I think, and I don't, I don't score it that way, but I think when the new moon is aligned with the sun, when they're both setting on the same horizon, that's a bigger impact than the opposing new gravitational pull and the, in the, in the sun on the opposite horizons. So even though mathematically I score them equally, Um, personally, I'd rather be out there on the new, and then to your other question about as the moon phases change, absolutely believe that that matters. Um, and so what, what we do is, is basically score proximity to new and, um, full, right? So you can get, you can get pretty far away from it when it's the crescent. Um, Mm -hmm. I still think it matters, but, but it just doesn't carry anywhere as near the weight. And then, just to bring it back to what I said was, you know, all I can tell you is the experience that other people tell me, and that right. is that it that it does work. It does get it right, and and I, and I'll just tell you mathematically what it's doing is it's not giving weight to a to a twenty percent waxing moon. There's not much weight there, even in a major. It's still mm-hmm. there, but it's nowhere near what it is. You know, when you when you see the greens and you're living up you know, um, in the upper portion of medium to high for a long period of time, it's because there's a, a good moon going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't think that, 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 that's a coincidence that, you know, personal best come, you know, in those relationships to those big moon events as well. That's what everybody else knows too.
1: Right. Yeah. And there's definitely like the factors on the first quarter and last quarter that I know have been, you know, talked about by many, where you got the the majors coinciding with sunrise and sunset, and I definitely see the spike in the app telling that. Like I know you're saying it's got more weights on the on the full yeah. and new moon, but I see the app pulling the weights when those majors coincide with the you know sunrise, sunset, the major sun events each day. Yeah, those yeah. So to ones.
0: just kind of like demystify it a little bit, what we do is we take every factor, every possible factor, score it on its own. And then we blend them all together and then we put them in the context of what has happened before and after. Right. And so that moon influence you're talking about, Gus, with a quarter moon uh, happening at a set around the same time that the sun is also setting or rising, because they're calculated independently, they are going to accelerate each other. They're going to give each other the, a bonus.
1: Sure. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I had something.
0: So I'll just tell you a story um while you're thinking that back up is yeah. uh Jim Sarek and Steve Hiding, they were incredibly important in the development and the in the dialing in and the accuracy of this thing. During the development and the testing, so we tested it for 10 years. Um during the the testing of it, Jim just kept telling me I was getting it wrong with humidity. And I kept like blowing that off and like humidity, who cares? Who cares about humidity? It's the fish lives in the water. Like, I don't know. How's the fish? now it's humid. Um, so I just, you know, and then got an email one time from Steve and he said, he said, you guys got it wrong. I checked the app and the app said, it was just, just a regular night. He said, but there was a frontal system coming off and it was timing the frontal system. Good. Like, like you could see that the frontal system was coming in about two in the morning. He said, but he had this huge muggy, like dead calm summer night, right? Um, yeah. And it should have been good. And it was not scoring it good because it was a mediocre moon. And and so he said, you got it wrong because he landed a just a brute, like a 48. And he sent me the picture to prove he, I had it wrong. And uh, <laughs> so then I decided it was time to get into humidity. Once we figured out humidity... The accuracy of this thing went through the roof.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Definitely say that humidity is a big factor in fishing. I mean, I know, uh, I know, I know. We've had some really good, especially like on you know the quote-unquote cool ways of musky fish, bucktails, and topwaters. Like when that when that humidity is going, it seems like you know those types of baits really shine. Like Mm -hmm. I think back to a lot of the topwater fish I've caught. A lot of times, there's you know that <clears throat> that kind of thickness in the air, you know whether there is low clouds or whether the sun's setting, and you can still feel the heat's kind of holding in the air. um yeah. Always seems to be on some of those like good good evening top water bites, Gus. I don't, I don't know if you had something we to t- add We talked there. about that a lot this year.
2: Like anytime mm-hmm. the wind would picked up, pick up, and the humidity would kind of blow out of the area.
3: Yeah, we'd right. go
2: through a drought, and then like we'd immediately. One of us would say it like humidity cut out and now we haven't seen anything in, you know, hour and a half or whatever. Yep. Or yeah. It just feels like it's shut down out there. So it's definitely weird.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to add there pretty much is like the back half of what Max is saying. When the humidity was there, we'd have the good bites or we could kind of like tell that something was happening just just as fast as that happened. Uh, I can count on my hand plenty of times, plenty of times over where we can feel that humidity be gone. And we're just like, uh oh, we can all like feel it in ourselves. Like it's yeah. going to suck like a lot yeah. for hopefully an hour, so there's a reason. sometimes mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. And if you want to explain a little further on humidity, I, yeah. I think we'd be all ears on that.
0: Yeah. So there's a reason. So I, I didn't, I just had to figure it out. I mean, if we're going to program it in, cause that that's, I mean, I'm assuming everybody's figured that out by now. That's what I do for a career. Um, I fish for fun and I get paid to be a computer, you know, software guy. But so I needed to understand what was happening in order to figure out how to write a mathematical algorithm that could sense it. And so what happens is, first of all, there is no such thing as humidity. Humidity is the kind of coming together of temperature, dew point, and elevation. So Uh, your elevation above sea level is super important when calculating humidity so um, I live right by Lake Winnebago Lake Winnebago is 800 feet higher than the Bay of Green Bay even though they're connected through the Fox River so one of them is significantly higher than the other one so humidity will be different depending on where you are and so what we, we put into the app was an understanding of your local elevation, right? So if you say, again, even if you don't have your um, location services on, if you say I'm fishing in Vilas County, it's going to take the average kind of height above sea level for Vilas County. Then what it does is it takes the dew point and compares that with the actual temperature. So I believe 100% humidity is when, your dew point and your temperature are the same. So if you have 70 degrees and you have a dew point of 70, it's 100% humid, right? That's when you start to get condensation. That's when you get dew. That's why it's called the dew point. So what happens is, and again, I had to research this, when water vapor goes and evaporates into the air, it's actually lighter than dry air. So if you think about it, when a frontal system's coming in and a low pressure system comes in, that that lifts the pressure off the lake, and it lights up the food chain. So the bugs hatch, the bugs come up, the little fish start eating the bugs, the muskies eat the fish, right? So low pressure comes in. Humidity is like a little low pressure accelerator because the more humid the air, the less weight there is on, on the you know the barometric pressure.
3: You, so
0: that's why
3: you just solved one of the biggest curiosities curiosities <laughs> I've ever had in the world of golf shockingly enough oh, yeah, the ball travels. for everyone who listens to this that also plays golf the ball travels further when it's humid out and i've always just i've yeah. never understood any science behind it i've just kind of known it growing up and playing the game but that now makes so much sense that the, the air is actually lighter and yeah. you know if you go play somewhere that's a little bit you know drier or whatever the ball will fly less so that's yeah that's crazy
0: also why also why they kick all those super long field goals in denver yeah right mm-hmm. well right? yeah
3: elevation yeah I higher to, elevation i played golf in college out in colorado and like we would just bomb drives right there It was yep. super thin out there but on like a, a muggy humid wisconsin summer day you could you could beat the shit out of a golf ball and i never knew really why but now i do so <laughs> good to know yeah. that uh, yeah. So, so that's
0: why with what Brian was saying, right. So like, it's very local. So mm-hmm. if you have a lake, uh, let's say you're on a 500 acre lake and everything's hot and muggy and the mosquitoes might be there, probably there. Um, and that's all going on. And then you get a just a blast of like dry air coming in because there's a system coming because it doesn't always come in even like you can take the humidity off of the lake, like the entire lake by just, you know, because the, the drier air moves in just, even if temporarily that'll, that'll change the pressure run on that water. And it just changes the fish. So the thesis of the whole thing, and you had asked the question before I didn't answer. So the whole thing was we figured out the the relationships of all this stuff to each other. And I've got this fascinating, like, spreadsheet where I can dial in something and it changes the weights and says the moon is 27% of the influence, the pressure is 14, the humidity is 18, you know, and it tells all these things. And so what we did was we figured that all out, but then decided during COVID when everything was locked down to write it up in a book, you know, to kind of put it in place so people could say, well, wait a minute, if that's happening, and this is why humidity happens and why it matters, what do I do about that? Right. So if that's going to happen, if I can see that's going to happen in three hours or two hours, maybe I should fish different.
3: I think you just hit the nail on the head on what people probably listening to this want to know a little bit more about is, you know, okay, great. App is telling me that it's, you know, it's a green score. We're in the nineties. I need to be out on the water on my best spot. You're saying that, you know, maybe you fish a little different, So how does Jeff Lang approach a spot when you get, you know, a night, a score of 95 for the next two hours? Um, You know, what are you doing to go out and and tackle it?
0: Yeah. So if we're going to, so if we're coming in, let's call it a, uh, let's call it a tight windows pattern, right? Which means Mm -hmm. it's okay, but you're going to have some small opportunities. And usually what you want to do is maximize your time. So during um, tight windows and also, Dream days, it's a run and gun pattern, right? Because the fish are going to hunt you down. They're going to chase you down. Uh, they'll they'll see your bait 35 feet to the side and come to you, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're in trouble brewing, you might still have that, but then it's going to get worse. If you're in brutal reality, you got to be right at them. Like those two fish we caught, you know, after the big day, we, we were like, I was bumping that pounder on the bottom. Right, I thought it was snagged. I didn't even feel the strike. It was just a little tiny tick. Right, mm. so they're just so lethargic that um, you got to change your strategy. So on a good window, if I'm in a good window, I'll get I'll cut my cast in half, so I get my boat halfway closer to shore. Like if I'm fishing a shoreline or a weed line or whatever, usually I'm out pretty far and I bomb throw it, and then I want a lot of cast to give that fish a chance to, to strike it before it goes into the eight. If it's a good pattern, I'm up closer. I cut the length of the cast in half, hmm. usually go to a faster bait. So that's not a dive and rise time for me. It's there's heck isn't the glider. A um, lot of times you get those windows in the summer and that aligns well with bucktail, but not really with a top water. I mean, I suppose you could move fast with a, with a, Um, a prop top water, um, but not a walk the dog or anything like that. So I want a bait that I can go super quick with. Usually I change color, right? Even if I'm on a crystal clear lake that I usually like to use natural patterns on. If it's, if it's really good like that, I know they'll run it down from the side. So I'll go with like a gaudy color, right? So, yeah. So I used to fish whitefish bay all the time on Lake of the Woods, which doesn't have anywhere near the quantity of muskies as the rest of Lake of the woods, but they're big super tankers in there. And so normally I'm throwing blue silver with silver blades or black with silver blades or black and black, except for when that's happening. then I'm throwing the gaudiest clown looking thing I got with fluorescent blades and, and, (laughs) and everything else. Cause they're going to run it down. And so I want them to, they're, they're going to sense it and, you know, the whole thesis of this whole thing is they don't eat because they're hungry. They eat because their bodies tell them to. And so they're going to sense it. I want their eyes, which aren't the greatest, to see it. And I want them to be able to move fast. And so when 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 it's in the green, I'm doing stuff that people might think is a little weird. That's fascinating. Brian. it's like you're fishing in the green all the
3: time. Gaudy colors. Weird. Dressing <laughs> orange. Fishing yeah, weird.
0: unconventional.
2: <laughs>
3: Need it to Not happen. Your time to throw out your neon pinks and your, you know, whatever
0: else. Oh, hey, you know, yeah. the pink one. I'm the orange guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So he's doing that all the time. So when yeah. it crosses this pattern, it works. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I got to keep that in consideration. Then I got to jot that down. Check out the app. See when yeah. Brian's hammering them on his all orange bulldog or yeah. see if I have any chance that. All yeah. day <laughs> yeah this might be a out there question jeff but it just crossed my mind when you're talking about or when max is asking like what are you doing during this time and and you're talking about baits anything is there anything i mean i don't know how you could incorporate this there's there might not you might not have ever thought about this is like putting bait considerations into the app like almost a recommendation Almost Mm -hmm. if it knows the type of water you're on, if it knows the time of year and all this specific stuff, you think there's anything in the future that could tell you like, Hey, this is a great time for Bucktail topwater. Hey, this is a great time for rubber deep. This is a great time for rubber shallow, you know, different stuff like that. Just recommendations. They're not, you know, hard fast. Yeah.
0: So, um, so one of the things with um, the app is I want to keep it, uh, so first of all, I don't I don't think I've mentioned this yet. There is no charge for the app. It's just free. You can get it from the Google Play Store or the uh, iTunes app store. Um, so you know the goal is that that we're helping people catch muskies, right? And so mm-hmm. um there are some things in there that we put in on techniques and different lures. There's a whole thing in there about forage. So it'll tell you about like what you know, what about whitefish? What about Cisco's? what water temps do they spawn at all that kind of stuff um so we kind of kept it pretty factual and it's kind of the app is supposed to be um at least at the time we did it you know kind of the you know information in your pocket whip it out look at it and put away but when i wrote the book we got almost done and and if you've been to any of my houses you know that i love to start projects and don't finish any of them so (laughs) <laughs> Remodeled this house in 1994 and I still don't have the trim done. Um, so, but I, I had to finish the book. You can't publish a, an unfinished book. And Sarek sent me an email. He's like, this is awesome. Now we got to start talking about what lures to use during the different patterns. And so within, there's a there's a chapter dedicated to each one of those five patterns. And then there's recommendations, not necessarily on specific lures, but on types of lures like when you want to throw a rubber, when you want to be throwing bucktails. Um, and so, for example, if if you're running and gunning, you got to be throwing something that's fast. I tend to downsize too um, during during those uh, moments. I tend to go bigger when I'm going slower and things like that. And so not yet in the app, uh, but we have definitely thought about putting it in there and doing kind of a real-time lure suggestion, but haven't done that yet. Well...
3: I mean, just kind of going back here, I mean, I, I think that's all that's all great because, you know, something that you touched on before, you and Gus were talking about the history, right? You know, being able to look back on the day and being like, okay, there was, you know, maybe you're maybe you're not looking at your phone that day, right? You're just out, you're fishing, and you end up having a great day or whatever. You're just with buddies, and then you look back and you see on the app, yeah, we caught that fish around 2.30. There was a, you know, a green spike during that time. And then you kind of remember, oh, well, this was going on and environmentally, you know, weather wise at that time, um, I was throwing X bait I was doing X retrieve and then you kind of start to build that Rolodex of memories. And so I think at least for me, one of the biggest things that helped me out with the app to become maybe just more of an intuitive fisherman in general was like starting to kind of build those memories that Rolodex of memories of like, okay, that day was great. The app was saying it was, you know, in the green all morning or whatever. We had an awesome day. I was throwing this. I was doing this. And it worked out. So then, like, you can kind of repeat that, you know, whether it be the next weekend you're up there, the next week you're fishing, or even the next year. You know, you go out in in Vilas County and you're fishing a lake in June and you're like, hey, do you remember last June when we had a really similar weather day and it was, the weather conditions were like this in the morning, we were throwing this and then boom, it kind of happens again. We've had that happen a lot. Yeah. And I've just noticed that or, since I've started using the app and looking at it, that like I've been able to kind of draw off of past experiences. And so, you know, you get to the point where obviously the app's very helpful, um, yeah. but there's almost times you, c- you can almost kind of start to tell like, oh, I bet you the app is going to say it's really yeah. good right now or whatever. And so I think you know you're talking about you want to help people catch muskies. I mean that's case in point right there. That's you know I think how it's helped me for the most part. Like I I still look at the app, but I do feel like now I can kind of be a little bit more just intuitive with it all.
0: Yeah, I I think that's cool. Feel like Max? I feel like you read the book. Um, (laughs) I did not. Disclaimer: There's there's (laughs) a story in there. I will though. I, I don't know if you guys know Gord Pizer. If you've ever heard of him. So, um, so, you know, shout out Gordon. I think you should get him on your podcast. I can get you introduced. He used to run the fisheries, um, management in Kenora. Um, and he's a heck of a musky fisherman. He's really good fisherman in general. Um, and, uh, really a lot of fun to have, uh, on a conversation too. But, um, I didn't know him. I knew of him. And, uh, during COVID he was doing a, a podcast and I caught it. And he was breaking this thing up. Like, I don't know <laughs> this guy. And he's talking about my app, right? And he's talking That's about the crazy. algorithm. So I reached out to him and struck up a friendship with him. And in 2019, uh, him and his grandson Liam on opening day, which is I think in Canada is like the second or third Saturday in June. Mm-hmm. They were in a spawning bay coming out of a spawning bay, and they raised a a big you know 50 plus and did not get her that was in 2019 2020 similar spring figured the fish were still going to be just coming out of the spawning bays and so they were running they had to run a 20 mile run and so just like you said same thing as last year um you know he was thinking about it they got there and gourd backed off on the throttle and asked liam and they, they they just believe in the app so they busted out the app and they said, you know, you know, what do you think? You know, do you want, he asked his grandson, do you want to go in there? Cause there was some people in the area. He said, do you want to go in or do you want to wait? Cause it was 45 minutes till the green. He said, let's wait. So they went somewhere else, came back, slid in there right when it was green, six casts in. He got a 50, he got his personal best 52. <laughs> same fish.
1: Unbelievable.
0: They, yeah. they think it was exactly the same fish. In the same exact spot. Very well could be. Very a year well. later.
3: They do that. I love hearing stories <laughs> like that because it makes me think of all the big fish that I've missed in northern Wisconsin. And I just pray <laughs> to God that they still live in the same areas <laughs> where I where we found them. <laughs> uh uh, that's cool. Well, we can get back to, to more of the app stuff, but I, I do wanna talk a little a little bit more about the the you know history you have in vilas county um Mm -hmm. so you said you get about 100 days out there still um are you are you you know gus you know you mentioned gus is like you you got an opinion on damn near every lake up there are you still doing exploratory stuff or are you when you're going up there now do you feel like um hey i kind of got my group of lakes i really like is it (laughs) cisco stuff stain combination of both i mean what are you typically fishing when you get up get up there
0: yeah i got a I got a um A personality trait that once I start to get comfortable I start to get bored sure uh, so I'm I'm always moving you know there's a lot of lakes in um so I've been venturing up into the Presque Isle area um as I mentioned um I love the the um Flambeau area the area I know the best is monaco Saint Germain, Arborvitae
3: uh, mm-hmm.
0: kind of touching up into boulder so i know that kind of area and then so like last year the the crazy stuff was that i was uh, really getting into is um new techniques for one um new electronics have opened up new water for me in lakes i already know sure a so mm-hmm. lot more open water fishing than i've ever done before um but now you know venturing up into you know the like the, um some of the boundary waters on like the northern kind of edge of Vilas County up into, you know, Michigan. Um, uh-huh. And then the turtle Flambeau flowage has been just a huge jigsaw That's puzzle for me. It's so different. And it's like, and it is actually literally different lakes connected together and the most fish out there. Are like linebackers, man. They they are. <laughs> there's no skinny fish out there. Even if they're short, they're they got some some you know beef to them. So yeah. So I I I'm an explorer. I'm a high information guy. I like to go try new things. Um, and then I fall back to the stuff I know, um, especially if I'm taking somebody fishing. Right. Sure. I'm gonna fall back onto, you know, I am a clear water guy more than I am a stained. Water, I think probably at least seventy-five percent of my time is on Cisco based lakes. So yeah, it's just an embarrassment of riches up there, to be honest.
3: Oh yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. We've, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it a lot on just any given day, especially, you know, for somebody that has a finite amount of time and during the summer to fish. It it it's a uh, it is a conundrum at, at certain days to figure out which body of water you want to fish. I know we've, uh we've opined many long nights over a lot of beers on what we want to do, even the next day, just on these weekends where we'll have buddies up and we'll be, you know, just shooting the shit and like, we'll make changes. I mean, I know Brian and Gus and I, like Brian and I always have our opinions, even though we're not up there through the whole week and we'll have bodies of water. We want to go check out or fish. Gus has got other stuff. And it's like, it's really hard to all of a sudden just, put a pin on the map and say, okay, we're going to go fish here today because there's just so yeah. many goddamn lakes. I mean, it's so yeah, tough to and, figure out and, where I, to go. and I,
0: I'm sure you guys don't do this. And I, and I'm sure Brian doesn't give you guys grief when it doesn't work out. No, uh, no. He's, you he's know, oh, we should have went the other one.
3: <laughs> no, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I will say though, as I've, I've said this in the past that Brian's got a knack for, for making some pretty good calls. So I think he's earned his stripes now where uh you know he he definitely's got uh some some hot takes, you know, if you will, but yeah. pretty hot. We a got a guy like they work. We got out. a guy
0: like that. His name's Brett. We call him the dog because <laughs> yeah. he's like a hunting dog, you know. We're like <laughs> we're cruising on. across the lake <laughs> wide open and like he doesn't have an opinion all day long. And all of a sudden he'll be like, i would be good, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've like now if he does that like we're doing it because if the dog says it's gonna happen <laughs> it's gonna happen
3: that's hilarious because brian's nickname growing up was b dog so there he is yeah. <laughs> yeah, this works out hunting dog well. now yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, the, dog. he's our he's our hunting dog that's the dog. Sure.
1: i mean he's always a search bait right up in front yeah, oh, yeah. Get his tongue <laughs> <out>? <laughs> yeah. maybe when i'm fighting a fish yeah Okay, so Jeff, now that we've talked a great deal about the app, do you want to maybe tell the listeners on where they can find it, like the exact name, um, maybe if there's like a setup to go with it and, uh, you know, anything else involved with that?
0: Sure. So um, it works best on phones. I've heard of people running it on iPads and stuff like that, but it really is designed to work on phones. It works on iPhones and Android phones. And so it's it's available in the app stores, kind of the easiest way, probably like there's multiple ways to find it, just like everything. Um, But muskymetrics.com is my website. And there's a little bit of, you know, more information about how it works. There's links there to, you know, the Apple store, but also to the um, Google Play store. And then also down at the bottom, there's an e-commerce link if you want to buy a book and uh, books, 20 bucks plus shipping. So, um, so musky at M-U-S-K-Y metrics, dot com is that thing. Then if you're actually in the app stores themselves, uh, because this thing was developed in conjunction with Jim Sarek and Musky Hunter TV. And if you go back and look, we actually did a TV show on it once. That was a blast. I got to fish with him and Bill Sandy, um, on Lake of the Woods for three days and we were testing the app. Um, that was awesome because those guys know Northwest angle, like the back of their hand. Um, and so, so muskie hunter TV is it's branded under, so you, you can, even if you just search for muskie hunter, it'll show up. It says muskie hunter TV. It's a red, it's got a little black muskie logo, um, or MHTV. So any of those searches should get you close. Um, but absolutely. If you go to muskymetrics.com, there's a link there into the install. Um, It's a pretty simple install. I would just say make sure your phone's set to automatically take the updates. So if somebody does find something that's not working, so every once in a while, especially Google, um, they'll roll out something to their phone that breaks apps, um, and then we'll have to make a fix. And then that fix will get pushed out, and if you have automatic updates on it, it'll just update. And then, and again, I'll just say it one last time, when you do the install, it'll ask you, um, if you want location services on, if you turn on location services, then you just hit follow me and it just, wherever you go, it gives you the right reading for the lake that you're on. But if you don't want to do that, cause you don't want to share any of that information back to us, we don't share with anybody. Um, uh, but that's also fine. You can just say no to the, to the location services and then just put your lakes in. There is a list of lakes. You have to manage your lakes. We got time for another funny story, Max. Max.
3: absolutely we got all the time all
0: right you guys so i think i think uh give a shout out to my dad dave lang so he's the one who got me into this whole fishing thing when i was but a boy shout out um he's a he's a guide he he guides for bass walleyes and northerns up in monocqua he's 82 years old he did he did 122 guide days last year wow uh, last
1: unbelievable
0: So he's grinding, he's loving it. He's loving it. Anyway, um so early on when 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 I was telling him about this thing, he just looked at me like this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Like the, whatever, you're just making stuff up. That that's basically what he told me for the first 5 years. Um and then um he started to look at it. Started to pay attention and he's like he was telling me. He's like he he texted me, he's like, "It worked. It was on. It was right." <laughs> And then, you know, two days later, I'll get a text. This thing doesn't work. It was <laughs> totally wrong today. It was completely wrong, and and I'd be like, "Well, it's not perfect, right?" I mean, if it was perfect, I'd probably be sitting somewhere drinking a mai tai. So I mean, <laughs> so so anyway, I just kept telling him, "Well, it's not always going to be perfect." And he kept sending me texts. It was great today. It was terrible tomorrow. You know what today today? And uh, my nephew laughs, and he calls me one day. He goes. Grandpa never changed the location. He was only watching Lake of the Woods. And so when we, <laughs> when we had the same pattern in northern Wisconsin as Lake of the Woods, it was on. Yeah. <laughs> when otherwise it was off. And once he put it into follow-me mode, he uses it. He just like Gus, he uses it every day. And he'll he'll actually tell his clients, you know, this thing says it should be good. We're not catching fish. We're moving. We're going to a different lake. And then they'll actually pull and they'll go to a different lake and they'll catch fish. Uh, because That's something awesome. was up on that lake. I don't know what was up. And so, but yeah, so you do have to manage your lakes if you're not using the follow me. What'd you say? Gus?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I would have to agree big time. I got a whole set of lakes in there. I do my current location sometimes too. So, so that I don't yes. forget, you know, I'm keeping the location, yeah. say as river and say, I'm going to a different town or headed way south. They're really far away or something like that. So for sure.
0: I mean, I mean, the the moon has been a discussion since, you know, John Elton Knight figured it out in 1934, right? And Mm -hmm. so everybody knows moon majors and moon minors. And, you know, I just think it's time to go beyond the moon. Like you have to, this is not a replacement for paying attention to the moon. It's just that there are other things that matter too. And sometimes those things matter so much that they snuff out the moon. And on the days when things are really good, and that goes back to your creating memories and and trying to remember situations max is um when things are really good like we don't pay attention to this stuff we don't look at the tools we're just flying and having a blast um but then if you go and you sit down and you want to maybe make some notes you can go back and look and and my guess is it'll be right but usually when it's good nobody's looking at it it's people are looking at it when it's not good
3: <laughs> right well yeah
1: and and i know on the app too i mean it- for i I'll, I'll just say this for the people that maybe have a little bit hate on the game and just love the moon a lot i would have to say if you just get the app and you have your location down it's got like a perfect you can follow the moon perfectly because i know people always oh. ask it's like what do you use to follow the moon and everyone's like oh, you got to go look up your location online and then get a so lunar table for that month and it's like well if you look at the app it's just going to tell you when the moonrise moonset moon underfoot and overhead are you don't have to look at the score if you don't want to, but you'll probably end up looking at it more once you have the app. So
0: yeah, it actually shows a picture of the earth, puts you on it, and it kind of moves the moon around it. So you kind of know where it is. And then I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but there's a little calendar icon there. If you mm-hmm. click on that calendar icon, it's a four, it's an infinite moon calendar to the future. You can look as yep, you can look as far as you want. And then if you pick a day us off of that calendar it'll zoom in and show you the events of that day yeah, so like if you're planning a trip right so if you're planning a trip somewhere like you know it's a drive northern minnesota you know to leech or vermilion or up into canada or whatever and you want to pick a day when you think you're going to have the moon events where you want to be out on the water like you could look ahead so i definitely you could tell it's made for a guy who, i mean i created it for myself <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's perfect it's too (laughs) well yeah
2: i didn't know about that calendar function that's pretty sweet i was just looking ahead when we talked about getting up there to ice fish and stuff to see what the moon's looking like so oh yeah yeah, brian brian
3: you worried you worried about that weekend jeff we do a uh we do a big ice fishing weekend every year i gus and i are are we recruit teams and we go head to head And actually the the prize is a cash prize, but you actually have to use the cash to wager on a sports game. So, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. If you, (laughs) you know, win, you also might be, you know, back to zero, but in the history, it's been Gus, Brian and our buddy, Jack, or, you know, whoever else. And then me and my two buddies, one of which almost never fishes the other one actually is a pretty good ice fisherman, um but just like bass fishes or whatever <laughs> and shockingly enough last year the old guys took it to the young guys pretty good um so i'm i'm guessing brian and gus are going to be coming back with a vengeance here next uh or this i guess this winter we just scheduled the date so brian's uh brian's yeah, got the we, game plan we do total inches mm-hmm. just like across the board you know okay. anything any it's uh, it's any game fish that's you know, it's either walleye, pike, or bass, uh, muskie too. Obviously, they're not in season, so probably really I don't know fun. if we've yeah, I've talked about that, but like pike, bass, or or walleye, and it's just total inches.
0: Um, that's fun.
3: Makes for makes for a pretty fun, pretty fun weekend.
0: Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, you know, that's the old saying. Hey, take those winnings and go to the casino and double it. it never yeah, works. Yeah. Well it, it didn't did. for
3: us last year. It almost did, but it did it didn't yeah, work. I know out. it did
1: I know it did for me one of the years that uh that Brian and I and our team won. I
3: do know that I had a pretty big football parlay. Oh nice. <laughs> must be nice. Must be nice.
0: Yeah. None well of the, the rules so any one. of the leagues that I the the rule, I mean I mean it's not a written rule, but like if if any of the leagues I'm in, if you win and you don't by rounds yeah. you might you might your car might get keyed <laughs> yeah i don't like that rule Here's the sore
3: winner at that point <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh we can't thank you enough for hopping on here tonight this was uh not only it only very informational but uh a lot of fun i was fascinated the whole time so you know i'd love to have you back on in the future and yeah i just can't thank you enough for taking the time tonight and chatting with us
0: yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, as you can tell, it's been something I've been working on for a long time. I, I just, it is like, definitely musky fishing is art. Like you, you have to be an artist. You have to figure out what you want to do, how you're going to do it. You know, I think you have your own kind of way, um, especially nowadays where the fish are, you know, you got to do things different to be different than the guy that went through in front of you a half hour earlier. But what this thing has done for me is just reinforce that underlying it is a bunch of science and um it just freakishly works. So I really appreciate the opportunity to get on here and talk to you guys about it. Talk to your, um, your listeners about it. And uh it's been a blast and um I'm glad people are liking it.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And we definitely hear the enthusiasm that you have talking about it and, you know, presenting this. And I think this was, great information for the listeners to kind of hear a little bit more on why the app works, how it does and maybe why they're getting bites when they do. And, and overall, like you said, it's free and it's just going to help anybody, even the, the people at the top of their game, the who fish all the time to the people who get out on the weekend or maybe less than that. Like it's perfect for everybody. It's not targeted at specifics at all. And, and you're right. It's musky fishing. It's, it's your own yeah. art. Big time. You, you kind of yeah. just go from there Yeah. So, plus yeah. it's
0: musky fishing so if you start if you try something stupid and you and your failure it's like it's musky fishing nobody catches it <laughs> yeah right yeah. it's just
1: yeah that's what you can always rely on, <laughs> on. muskies be muskies i'm just doing yeah. musky things today
3: yeah. uh good stuff all right well uh yeah have enjoy your uh enjoy your, enjoy your holidays um and we'll we'll, we'll stay in touch We'll continue to, to be advocates for the app. There's no doubt about that. So if awesome, anybody listening to man. this hasn't checked it out, please do. Because uh, definitely was a fundamental part of our success this year. And I'm sure we will be next year as well.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, Jeff.
3: Thank you. All right, guys, that was a fantastic interview with Jeff Lang, uh, as we always like to do here on the Muskies on Tap podcast. Brian, I'm going to turn to you real quick. What did you learn from the interview? What was the big takeaway for you? Well, I
2: learned a lot of things. He was very informative. It was cool to kind of break down how the app worked because going into it, I assumed it was mostly moon phase driven. Uh, Learned that a lot of the other elements and weather patterns have a big effect on it as well so that that gives me a lot more confidence when looking at it uh unfortunately I'll have to wait quite a few months until I get to use it again but looking forward <laughs> to that so it's
3: cool to hear from Jeff Gus what about you
1: oh man I mean I think I'm going to have a really good time editing this one because I get to listen back to all this and I might even take some notes myself and kind of just think about things on uh some of the catches that we had this year and uh, I know the the kind of part that you brought up, Max, where you kind of, you know, it was right down in your head, right down on a notepad, right down in your phone on like how you caught a fish during this peak bite window that the musky metrics app predicted and you kind of just add in to uh, your repertoire on kind of like what lures you want to use during that time period. That just seemed that just it, it, it kind of, I feel like it goes over people's heads for sure. Cause like I would say probably one of the biggest questions in muskie fishing that a lot of people ask and definitely a lot of the new people ask is how do you pattern these things? Mm-hmm. That right there is like one of the best things you can do next to kind of taking your notes on lakes when lakes are good, when they're not good. Those are probably the other things there, but I don't know what I learned about the app for sure more is that I, I like it a lot i I like it more and more every time i use it that's for sure and uh Great. and i def- definitely learned the uh the enthusiasm behind it getting to hear it firsthand from jeff lang to everybody and uh yeah learned a little little old history as well on how he you know got brought up into the musky game and kind of just started really young which so that was really cool to
3: cool to hear so uh
1: what about you max
3: yeah, I agree, Gus. I was like uh hearing from people that started their musky careers in the Vilas and Oneida County area, just as us three did. But I think, you know, applicability wise, the biggest takeaway I had from the interview that it's something I'll definitely try out next year and something I've never thought about before, but using the gaudy colors during peak times because if a fish is, is fired yeah. up and you know the the metrics are are aligning, saying that this these fish are gonna want to eat because their bodies are telling them to. It's the best to just get a bait out there that they're gonna be able to see and track from the furthest distance away. So, yeah, I would say that that was probably one of my biggest takeaways, just as far as some cool new, you know, maybe a little ninja trick to put in the back pocket mm-hmm. for next next summer and put it to the test. But yeah, no, really fun interview. Uh, really cool guy, so glad uh, glad that he was able to come on and join us tonight. Uh, as far as what's going on in the world of muskies right now, I mean, Gus, sounds like 99% of the lakes and Phyllis and Oneida County are locked up. We've just scheduled, as we mentioned in our interview, our big ice fishing weekend. Sounds like you're going to be spending a lot of time out on the ice. You know, you and I are going to be able to get out over Christmas break, Um, not that many people want to hear about us catching crappies while I am pike, but, uh, should be, should be that great of
1: those types of fishermen. Anyways, (laughs) you know, we're learning big time on that ice.
3: Hard water was not growing up. Yeah, but should be a good winter. But as far as the world of musky fishing, I mean, what, what do we have to look forward to, uh, also podcast wise, kind of what's going to be going on here over the next few weeks.
1: Well, from what I can see in the next few weeks is that we, you know, I think you're really going to like the guests that we're going to get on. I, I think we're going to have a really good, a really strong, strong, you know, group of people that we're going to be bringing on throughout this whole winter. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I think we're going to have a lot of really cool musky discussions to go about. I mean, cause this is just when we can, this is when we got to do it. You know, you'd speculate on bites, you speculate, speculate on, cool new techniques you talk to new people in different areas and you learn new things and that's just kind of it's going to help build us as muskie fishermen i hope it builds you know the listeners as well into it and uh and i'm just looking forward to that big time and and looking ahead on on our schedule as all of us at muskies on tap here we're we're going to be busy during the holidays just like everybody else and i think there is going to be a week where we're going to. Uh, take off from doing the podcast. We just might not be able to get the the dates and time for getting a guest on. It's just, it's going to be a lot of juggling. And I think we're just, we, we went strong during the year. We got our reports out. We got a bunch of good guests on this summer, which was really awesome. And I think we're just going to take that week off and then we're going to come, come in hot and heavy uh, in January, big time and uh, get on as uh, a ton of guests. And and uh, yeah, then after that, we're probably going to be talking a little bit about the show season. Uh, I'll I'll give everybody once I've absolutely 100% know on which which shows I'll be going to. I can for sure guarantee that I will be going to to Milwaukee. I'll actually be doing a seminar down there with some local buddies. Uh, I'll be doing that with Clayton Spees. I think it's like a guide panel. Uh, Clayton Spees and Peter Blickards. They're both up here in our area. And I know there's going to be an array of, of other guides, uh, with us as well. I'll give out more information once I get that looking forward to that big time. And, and yeah, I'll let, I'll let people know some more information on that. Once I, I'll get out the dates for those when I, when I have them handy and it's going to be more in the thought process here, but yeah, as far as muskies go, that's, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, that's what it's going to be like for us. I mean, the boats, I I think between the last uh, podcast and this one, a boat was sent into a warehouse. It was already winterized prior to going into a heated storage and I'll be pulling it out in April, maybe before that, if I have to get a few things fixed, you know, as, as what happens when you fish into late November, uh, shit breaks. Uh, another live well bilge gauge uh open close thing snap because it was below freezing Mm. Uh, so we had to keep suckers in a in a in an aerator for a little bit there at the end instead of in the boat coolers or in the boat uh uh, you know live wells i think the interior lights stopped working the horn hasn't worked in a long time Uh, the the stereo doesn't work. It's got it does it does have a motor that works. It's got a plug and it's got a floor to stand on. That's all I need to
3: catch fish. But yeah, no, we got some good guests lined up. Uh, get array of some younger guides. Uh, some some uh, guys that have been doing it for a little bit longer. Maybe a little teaser. Kind of maybe even an international guest. How are you? How Uh, are you? Yeah. But I think, uh, how are you, hey? That's a, hey. a little clue there, a little, little nugget for our next guest. But I think the what the north. people really, really want to know is what show is Brian going to be attending this year? Where can the people find Brian this winter? What what musky show are you going to be at?
2: Uh, most likely Wausau, Wisconsin.
3: Closest one to home?
2: Yeah. was there last year. You know, had a great time. Um Looking forward to going back to that one. I mean, you know, maybe I'll go back to Milwaukee. Had a good time there. Could have some fun there. Show Gus around the city a little bit. City boy lifestyle. Yeah, show me the Windy City. city. I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah, Say maybe take stand. a trip into the Windy City.
3: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a fun one tonight. Um Hopefully everybody enjoyed a little bit more technical podcast. I certainly did. Gus, you got any any quick, uh, guide info and everything started yeah. book stuff for 2024.
1: Yeah. I just made a post on Instagram and Facebook that, you know, I'm hundred percent opening my books up to 2024. Now I've already taken a few, but, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that it's, it's wide open now and ready to roll. And you can also reach out to me if you're looking for, Maybe like a gift certificate for Christmas uh, to, to give to a significant other, friend, buddy, family member, whatever for the next season and get in touch with me and I can send you one of those forward. And, and uh, then we can, you know, chop dates whenever we get the chance, whenever they get the gift. Uh, I can also very much very easily do that for birthdays coming up in the spring. Uh, in the springtime, obviously, you got Mother's Day in May, Father's Day in June those are great gifts to have, uh, you know, just something, something to look for in the, in the future. So, and you can find all the information on the, on my guide service at www.suggsfishing.com. Quick little plugs on the, uh, social medias. We got Suggs Fishing guide service on Facebook. You can add me as a friend, Gus Manty. Um, he also got Instagram, which is, uh, my account, which is Suggs Fishing. And then, our count as muskies on tap is is just at muskies on tap you know nothing else to it shout out to that and uh if you could toss us a follow that'd be great if you could uh tell a friend that we would be great um sweatshirts what about sweatshirts
3: sweatshirts sweatshirts
1: left we got some sweatshirts left there's really not that many left no yeah there's just a couple left uh i've been getting you know a good good a number of uh orders still in and also some really great pictures you know dms from some peeps that have bought some uh, beer glasses as well with topped out with some pretty fancy beers and that was pretty cool to see
3: yeah all right well we got some sweatshirts left that's cool <laughs> sounds like there's not too many so if you are looking to get a little last minute holiday gift. Gus'll, Gus has got a little bit more time on his hands. It sounds like these days, I know you're starting up some winter work here, but uh, you'll be able to ship those nice and uh, nice and tidy to yep. whoever nice needs them properly. prior to the holidays. So uh, yeah, it's all good. Maybe some new merch stuff in the works too. Uh, so stay tuned for that uh, sweatshirts, you know, we're yeah. Um,
1: Do I want to give a preview yeah. quick and maybe ask for recommendations on on colors maybe potentially see what the yeah. listeners want to uh, want to see we we'll might put up a poll for that up. i think we're gonna put up a poll on instagram for sure but if anybody out there has a preference or what kind of hats that they like to wear we're in the works on a hat and uh i mean we're kind of working through some typical hat colors something that you know most people would wear like the grays blacks greens brown a lot of a lot of the natural colors so it would be great to hear from you guys the you know the listeners on what what you like best we would definitely like to hear that
2: or any brand or embroidery services that anybody's used in the past or knows that's really quality makes great stuff or open to feeling those opinions and options as well
3: yeah. And I think we're going to get maybe even a little bit in some alternative, uh, logo designs as well. So, um, might, might look into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Work. No, no.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something we're definitely going to look into. I'm also working on a logo myself for the, for my guide service. Uh, we might incorporate that if, uh, for thinking it look, it's looking pretty dapper on some of the clothing items and you know. Maybe Max and I will look into some team shirts For the PMTT next year Swag <laughs> out <laughs> Some sun shirts Some sun hoodies oh,
3: brother. I think All right. y'all should just go with the tank tops Nah you don't want to see me in a tank top What do you mean dog It's just I, I mean I Don't I want to be gents, too intimidated I think... out there <laughs> 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 I, got, I got a few months of gym time here
2: it's yeah, you'll get dialed in there.
3: before the summer. You'll be chilling. You ripping pounders at Cave Run.
1: Thanks. Oh, yeah. Ugh. All right, gents. I think that wraps All up another right. pod here. I had a blast with Jeff Lang again on tonight, So And thanks you guys. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Muskie's on Tap. Brian, you want to take them away? Oh, right,
2: guys, for listening to this episode. It has been a pleasure talking to Jeff Lang about muskie metrics an incredible app. Make sure everybody goes and checks it out. Cannot wait to get into the fantasy football playoffs this weekend. Shout out Lanky J. About to get that ass whoop boy. Uh, Make sure y'all hit me in that DMs if y'all need help in fantasy football lineups this weekend. Shout out Jeff Lang one more time here. We'll catch y'all next week. (laughs) Peace.